This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A few weeks ago we had hoped that tonight's show would be the one before Wembley, but alas, broken dreams, missed opportunities and in the end missed penalties meant that League 2 was on the cards once more. The pace of football is quicker than CJ Hamilton running down the wing at times and now a mere 10 days from that defeat we have a new manager and assistant at the helm ready to try and deliver the League 1 dream once more. Tonight we put on one last show reflecting on why things didn't quite work out under the old regime and what is the end of the season review slash reflecting on the rebuild process show. So for one last time, come and join us in the comments in the live feed on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Well, because Mansfield matters. Welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. This is the last show ever, ever, ish, ish, uh, as we reflect on the 2018-19 campaign and start to look ahead to that very faint in the distance uh, 2019-2020 campaign where John Dempster will be at the helm. Thank you very much for all of your uh, comments and your shares and everything last week in the shock managerial change special episode. As I said in the intro to this show, we had hoped that tonight would be uh, a look towards Wembley. As it is, unfortunately it's not, and it's a look back on where things went wrong. Alongside me, Nathan H, who is currently sipping on a cup of tea and drowning his sorrows uh, with a cup of tea uh, after a failed season on what we thought would be a, uh, a strong campaign. Uh, and to the other side of me, Cam Fulton, who clearly has come dressed as John Dempster tonight as he's wearing a full-on <laughs> suit. Cam, what's the reasoning behind the suit? Have you been, I'm saying that you... The new data analyst. Yeah, are you the new data analyst? Are you the <laughs> new first-team coach? What's your, what's your job role? What's John Dempster appointed you as? Um, I don't know. This honestly, I was going to say something, but I, I can't say that on camera. 
Uh, well, uh, Simon says that uh, who's the new guy with the tie? Never seen him looking so smart. Uh, we have just picked him up from court, so uh, unfortunately there will be a seat <laughs> spare next season. There will be there will be a seat spare next season because Cam has been given twelve months in jail uh, for ludicrous comments throughout this entire podcast. Uh, tonight we are going to be, as I say, looking back at uh, the season just gone. We want your comments as always. This is the place for you to have your say on your team. We will be having a little bit of fun as well. Yes. After a, se- a nearly a full series break of Craig's Quizzes feature, there is one which That's has it. come back, yeah. and we will be Nathan's ecstatic. Nathan cannot <laughs> wait for this, and there is a prize up for grabs Ooh. as well. Cam's now looking around the room trying to think what he can have for a prize. Uh, let's get started though uh, by reflecting on the season as a whole. Uh, we will be talking tonight about John Dempster's appointment as we did last week and looking ahead to the things he's done from last week to this, which includes the appointment of a new assistant manager, the retain list and a little bit more. But as we say, this is a review show, so do bear with us while we briefly flash over uh, the last uh, year or so watching Mansfield Town. Nathan, we had hopes that this Saturday would be at Wembley Stadium. Unfortunately, it ended in defeat. Can you pinpoint, now you've had that time to reflect since last week's sacking and last week's roller coaster of news, where did it all go wrong for <laughs> Mansfield Town FC? That, that's a big where question. Where did it all it? go wrong? That is one very big question and uh, it's probably very difficult to pinpoint it on one thing in particular, but... I mean, how disappointing is it, first of all, let's say we're doing the review show and I really thought that we would be talking about what we're going to be doing next year in League One. That's, I really did believe this year that that's what we're going to be doing and it's disappointing that we're not, but it's how it is. We've got another year to go at it. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, as for this season, it's another one of them, isn't it, where we've been had so much hope, especially the first half of the season where we was breaking records, equaling records, you know, not losing away from home, the best defensive record in the in the top four divisions. You know, it, it was, Liverpool was the only team matching us for a long time. They lost one week, then we think we lost about a few days later, which is typical. Uh, but we still held that title. Um, so everything was looking great. But for me, the, the the part where it all seemed to just start disintegrating a little bit was January. I'm glad you said that because my question to Cam would have been about January because. It was there where things seemed to change. It was going relatively all right up until that January period. Obviously, we'd lost Elejnik. We then went on to lose Hayden White in January uh, as well. But things were plodding along quite quite nicely. We felt that there were a couple of additions which we perhaps needed to just strengthen it a little bit. But ultimately, I don't believe in coincidences. And I think I feel a little bit more able to say this now because what A we were rushed last week a little bit in terms of time and everything to talk about um, but for me I don't believe in coincidences and the appointment of Greg Abbott as fo- head of football and operations and recruitment followed by the recruitment which then led us downhill I think you've got to put that under a magnifying glass and have a little bit more of an in-depth look at that haven't you? It is, and it, obviously we've been unfortunate with injuries this season. We lost Craig Davis, we've lost Otis Khan for a bit, we lost Danny Rose, we lost uh, George Grant for a bit, we lost... Did we ever have George Grant? Did he <laughs> turn off? About three games. <laughs> Say it now, it's gone. About Tranmere and Macclesfield is about it, but um, it all seemed to start to fall to pieces as soon as Hayden White got injured. Obviously we we just about managed with that. Bobby for a few games obviously we went to one at, uh, at Grimsby with that, with that team was it? 
Yeah, well, you have a look. The, and the, the whole fixtures and results are on that bit of paper, so you feel free to scroll through and make it look like I'm not reading off a sheet. Well, exactly, <laughs> but it, it just seems to start to fall to pieces when we've got more than one injury. It's like if you, you can manage without a goalkeeper, because obviously we've got a, a strong enough back group, uh, uh, like backup goalie, shall we say, in, in Conrad Logan and then and Jake Keane and then obviously Jordan Smith. But it was as soon as Hayden, it was like it just unsettled the entire team that we've got that many changes had to make and obviously then Danny Rose has got injured which messed it up even more and would you say the recruitment was wrong? At the time you thought oh bro we, obviously we've got Sweens tied down for was it a two year deal three year deal? Something like that I think that's arguably the best bit of business we'll look at the yeah. best and worst bits of this uh, business uh, in a little while as well. Let me just go to the comments quickly. Uh, keep them coming in tonight, guys. Really want to hear your thoughts. This will be the last time uh, which we do a Facebook Live until the new season. So this is the last chance for you to have uh, your say on your team because all three of us uh, are going to get some uh, well-deserved rest. Does that mean that there won't be more Mansfield Matters content, though? That is another question entirely. Um, Simon says, uh, who's the new guy in the tie? Never seen him looking so smart as we said earlier. Um, Paul says, you've come straight from court. Uh, <laughs> The other comments, Jamie says, just wasn't good enough in the end. Paul says, obviously we're all so disappointed, uh, but with a new management at the helm, we go again, don't we? We do indeed. Uh, Jamie says, plenty of chances to go up. It was the last five games. Craig says, plenty of chances. They have now gone, so let's get behind Dempster and the boys roll on the 3rd of August. Uh, Kai says, David did well for Mansfield Town Football Club and I want David back as Mansfield Town Manager. Not going to happen. Uh, Jamie says, brought, the wrong, brought in the wrong players and need, needed out and out strikers. And Simon says, I think it started Notts County and seemed to go into decline from there. Had plenty of chances to get over the line and didn't show enough grit and determination to do it. Now, Nathan, last week we were obviously talking about the managerial departure and what ultimately led to that and one thing which kept coming up a lot of the time which a lot of people agreed with in the comments as well was the fact that there was no plan B for me I think Flick Cross plan B were the likes of Craig Davis and Jordan Graham and players like that who ended up ultimately getting injured therefore the plan B went out of the window and I don't think we ever really recovered from that. Yeah, well, that's the problem, isn't it? And to be fair, this was something, as we just mentioned there, about January. That should have been considered in more detail in January because the players we brought in certainly weren't for a plan B. That were They were to strengthen plan A. Uh, and the plan A was what we were doing in the first half season, which was working great. You know, we were playing great football, keeping possession, getting moving it around, getting out wide, and, and it was having a lot of success for it. Now, You've got issues with that, as in later on down the line. You're either one going to get figured out by other teams, which I think we started to see that creeping a little bit. You know, Swindon came and did a good job on us. There's a few other teams that started pressing us really high and we struggled to deal with it. So you've got that one way, that issue where you need to go to plan B. Then you've also got injuries, which obviously we've already touched on about how that imp impacts your plan A. So obviously it was going to be inevitable at some point. You need your plan B. Any team needs it. Lincoln did it. Those teams up there had to do it. And unfortunately, we did not have the personnel for it because plan B for us was going to have to be more physical and going longer for it. And take Danny Rose out of the occasion because he's probably the only player that could could head the ball. He's probably not been informed this season and he's been injured, so that's not helped. Um, who who have you got up there to do that job? There's literally nobody that was fit. You know, you got, like I said, Craig uh, Davis, who was out injured for pretty much all the season, wasn't he? He only made a few appearances. 
the other one is Jordan Graham was a young lad and it's hard to put that expectation for him to come in and, and do that job and then he also, he also got injured so yeah for me the the big issue there was the recruitment in in the January transfer window. I'd rather it probably obviously this is hindsight I'd probably rather it not been exciting getting these sort of League One players and big name like George Grant I'd rather it have you know gone for players that we might not necessarily recognise as industry names but they would still do the, but instead they would do that job for us that we needed it was very frustrating wasn't it Cam because as you say there was no uh, added striker brought in there obviously we brought in Joe Sale alone in January transfer window but then when the window shut we still did sign two players on, on free transfers Will Tomlinson obviously midfielder and then Ben Turner which we needed to do at the time to add to bolster the defence but if you're bolstering the defence you also need to bolster the attack we discussed it a little bit at the time, but in retrospect now, should we have gone for an out-of-contract striker? Because, <coughs> yes, there was the arguments of you know being able to keep match fit and, and, and keep fit, but that's what training does for you. Should we have, have gambled and got that free agent in? Because, in the end, it, it could have proved the difference. We've got in a midfielder, we've got in a defender on a free transfer. There was nothing at any point to stop us getting a free transfer. And to somebody's respect as well actually recalling Amari Sterling James oh massively and I'm just going to go back to a comment that James said being about um, just wasn't enough this season the key word in that is just and that sums up our entire season it's just not good enough didn't quite do it just needed to change this just done this wrong and it's it, it just sums up Mansfield Town as a whole it's some things aren't good enough and it's only slight changes that we need to make and it's going back to the free comment uh, the free transfer comment and if we'd have got someone in that had that presence then Tyler could have probably got maybe 30 goals because he'd got that support whereas he, he had to do it all on his own and you take Tyler Walker out of the equation we're, we're a mid-table team Oh, absolutely, it's 26 goals. Without them, the, the next top scorer is, what, Hamilton on 14? 12-14? Yeah, 14, 15. So, yeah. But you look at as well and you say about, obviously, how it would have freed up Walker, but what it also would have meant is that we could have done other things with the team as well. So, for example, we could have brought CJ out where he's most effective on the wing, which is where he, he was really hitting his form. So you wouldn't have to rely on him being a striker, playing that role, put him in his most preferred position because he's got someone else that can do that role. And you've got another strength to your team there, so you, you, it affects it in more than one way. It's not just that player there; it's what it does to the other players around and where they can move. Uh, in the comments, people have still been getting in touch. Keep it coming. Uh, Jamie says, "Does anyone think there was things going off in the change rooms?" Now, Nate, it's it's a difficult one to answer that, isn't it? Because nobody ever knows what's going off behind closed doors, do they? No. But there's one thing. I I, <clears throat> I still feel that. When you look at the squad, but if you compare it to the year before, and you, uh, yeah, you, I, I'm, I feel quite confident in saying. Obviously, I don't know. Uh, I don't think any of us really know, but I'm quite confident. I, I did did believe that this group were together pretty well, uh, even though things weren't going 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 right on the pitch. I still think there was quite sort of well managed in a sense of having the right balance in the squad of, of personnel. Maybe bar a couple, but you know you're always going to get them in the team but I think it wasn't as disjointed as it was the year before I think there's a, there's a big difference and in some ways uh, you know although yes overall he's failed at his job I think 
David Flickoff did probably get that aspect of his of his management right, his, his managing the squad. Would you say that maybe one big thing he got wrong was whatever happened between him and Paul Anderson? You look at sometimes in the season and you just needed that that direct play, just someone to run at the defence when obviously CJ's had his decent games, he's had his blips throughout the season, as is every player. And you think, go back to, I think it was Lincoln at home last season, just Ando getting up the wing and just getting the ball across and we score from it. Just that bit more direct should Flickcroft and Paul got together and just smash their heads together for a bit. You can't build and just, and just get it out of the way you and cannot, focus. You cannot build bridges from the ashes. You can't. Once the bridge has been burned, you can't rebuild a bridge from the ashes. So they've just been professional about it then and just gone on with I it. Don't so think obviously, it something, so something's happened because whatever it's happened has not obviously been said. But obviously, Ando's. Still quite annoyed, shall we say, about it. Taking his digs at, at Flickcroft on Twitter and then deleting it. There's something that's happened and and someone like that, as as much of a professional they are, do you think they should have just got on with it? As so far as I'm concerned, I don't think I don't think if Anderson even was on good terms with uh, Flickcroft together was on good terms, I don't think it would change the end result in our season because I think we've had we've had similar players to Anderson anyway. It's not been that, I mean that area that's been a problem for me. It's been it's been up top, as in not having you know like you said there about him having that direct play. Well, what difference does it make if you still haven't got the players to hit it into the box to? Or you know, it, we've had players that can do that job. In my you know for me, the big the big error for me is undoubtedly not getting another striker in as, a, as a free agent, even just to. Whether it's sit on the bench, whether it's train, or whether to just make an impact, because you cannot rely on on them. And it's an interesting thing that you said, Cam, about the recruitment in, in January. And I go back to listening to Bobby Leshnik on that D three D four podcast when he spoke there. When he spoke about, and I mentioned it a few times, he spoke about the difference between being a lone player and being the club's player. And I I think again it ties in with an attitude thing of players sometimes a player will want to absolutely give their all for their loan club because they buy into it and they like the manager and they work with him and they get on well Al Tyler Walker hence why he's had the best career season of his um, career he'll probably go on to play League One football sadly next season won't be with us but it will always be viewed as a Mansfield Town hero because of the contribution he will always look back fondly on his time at the club then you get on the opposite side of that George Grant and I'm not just picking him out because it's George Grant but you get a player who's coming who's a couple of years more developed than, than Tyler, comes with an established reputation, has played League One football in the same season, wants to play this fancy game and all of a sudden when it's not happening, appears from the outset not to be bothered about trying to put that right, not bothered about trying to adapt his game to suit ours to then benefit him and us. And it's that balance because on one hand you've got the I want to play for the club when I want to go on and develop and on the other hand you've got I'm not bothered what happens with this club because in two weeks time I'm going back to my parent club and I don't care because I've got a contract and it's an attitude thing when you've got that attitude balance going off with 26 players or whatever it was in the dressing room over the course of a season the, bat, the tipping scales of that will go one way or the other and I think ultimately too many players didn't care 
about the end result when it came to the crunch and I think rumours of what might happen if we didn't achieve the goals aka is going to get sacked played on the player's mind and that affects performance for me yeah and I'd like to say especially with the lower players you've always got that risk especially when you're bringing in five which is obviously our maximum I mean you've obviously said Walker there as a, as a good example and I'd probably say Sweeney was as well because obviously he had to have been because he, he wanted to sign which, he, which we did which was a great business but the rest of them for example you probably would say have they improved the team in January no um, and like I said there's all sorts of different factors behind that so if like I like said when it comes to the sort of the end of the season the end of the day them players no matter what are just going to think it doesn't really matter does it because like you say once that final whistle has gone they're going back to their parent club and even if they haven't got a future there it's still they can look elsewhere but whereas when you're a Mansfield Town player it's a completely different scenario because most of them was under contract they all want to play in League One next year so but in the day it's still one or two three players on that pitch makes a big difference even I'm, one does I'm keen to move away from negatives and look at the positives to come out of this season in a moment or so and one positive this season which I know me and you are, uh, are genuinely devastated that we are going to miss from David Flitcroft was <laughs> the insatiable amount of quotes which he reeled out on a, on a seemingly day to day basis which is why we have just published a live poll on our, on our live feed it's a bit of fun it's the last show of the series so don't go too over, over, overboard just get involved with it. it's a little bit of fun a bit tongue in cheek uh, weeks and weeks ago when we were talking about um, the uh, the things we wanted to do for end of season awards we said favourite Flipcroft quote so we've put four quotes uh, out uh, on the live poll for you to uh, to, to vote in um, Nathan can you remember what your, yours was yeah I think so I, I think I said two didn't I but I think the one I went for in the end was death by a thousand cuts no you well, went for he's a sponge you're referring to CJ yeah, Hamilton yeah I did say that first but I changed my mind didn't I yeah but then we changed it back because oh, okay. I went death by a thousand cuts damn it uh, so <laughs> uh, you've gone with he's a sponge referring to CJ Hamilton. Hamilton I went by death by a thousand cuts because it was genius Cam you went for galvanised and the other one option we've got on there is mine and Nathan's because we wanted to join in the game which is of course solidified <laughs> um, which I did manage to say on the Martin Lewis Money Show live Info. on ITV Info. Uh, just in case you missed that earlier on in, in this series so do get a, a vote going uh, for that we'll reveal, reveal the result of that a little bit later on uh, a couple more comments uh, coming in keep them uh, coming in guys really want to hear them um, Mark says as Charles Darwin said adapt and survive if plan B doesn't work get a plan C and plan B pronto hindsight is a wonderful thing though uh, Callum says I think of, as far as end of the season and pre-seasons go this one's quite positive a new manager who loves the club an experienced assistant manager and a lot of players who we thought would be gone are still here and willing to fight for promotion again next, se next season uh, Ant says problem with Grant is he thinks he's he's better than uh, one he's better than us uh, one great free kick for us and that's it Forrest will offload him again it'd be interesting to see uh, whether he does pull on a Forrest shirt against us in pre-season of course still the pre-season friendly announced this week uh, Blackburn Rovers at home let's have a little look at some of the positives uh, to come from not just last season but also David Flickcross tenure let's go with the, the latter first and that for me Cam is the development of players Mansfield for a long time has never really been a selling club I can't remember the last time we've had a player come through our doors and then we've sold them for profit 
And I think if you look at some of the things and some of the business David Flitcroft has done uh, in his time, we are in a position to develop that further next season under John Dempster and beyond that. Two examples. The first, CJ Hamilton, who came to the club years ago and never really reached his potential. Developed a little bit under Steve Evans, but the shouting and the, the way Evans coached dragged him down a little bit towards Do the end. Do not even think about it. Oh, yeah. Siege! Siege of them! I actually don't know. Um, oh, no. I think... And then you've got the way Flickcroft worked with him, arm round his shoulder saying, Siege, I want you to, ah, I want see, you, want you to do I this, I want you to do this. that. Why? Who signed him? Adam Murray signed him. He must have seen something in him. Absolutely, but never got the, the chance to develop him and work with him because exactly. he went in that season. But as much as we say, oh, Dave's done this or Steve's done this, the two best players last season, well, two out of the three best players this season, CJ, Christian Pierce, and Tyler Walker, by far the standout players. You're probably seeing Neil Bishop <laughs> underrated, <laughs> and hence why he got into quite a few underrated teams of the seasons. But then two of them players were players that you thought, when they came in under Adam Murray, you thought, you what? Because they played most of their career as a non-league player or a lower 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 end League Two player, and that was a common thing for us to do at the time: to sign average, bang average players or players that were not too bad in the conference but wouldn't be able to cut it at League Two. And my God, we proved them wrong. Yeah, but that's the point. The point is, like, then, then players came in and there were question marks about it, but there obviously was potential, which Adam Murray certainly could spot. Because you could go further and say, you know, that's a Benning, he's probably been the mo- one of the most consistent. Oh, Mal Benning forgot about that as well. Yeah, exactly. So there's no debate in that. There's certainly he, he could do it. But the point is, they they weren't fantastic players when they signed for us, as in they weren't performing for us fantastically, but the work that's been put into them over pre season and throughout the season has got them to a, ne- a higher level, which. Adam Murray saw the potential, he knew they could get there, but... Never had the time the to pre- work with them. Didn't have, he didn't have the time, and then also under Steve Evans, he didn't have the right... Mentality. Sort of approach. Mentality, approach, that's, sort of the, that's the word I'm looking for. He didn't have the right approach to, yeah, to get them to that level, whereas Flickcroft, you know, people will criticise him for a lot of things, you've got to give him credit for, for that, because at the end of the day, we have seen results from players like that. And another one, obviously, in there is one we brought from outside the club in Ryan Sweeney. What a deal that was in January to get him on a free transfer because undoubtedly we will go on to make a profit from him because and he will not stay. Than I, I, I yeah. think to some extent. Yeah, possibly if he's if given the time to develop. But again, yeah. now he's another one who falls into the, the Hamilton and Pierce bracket of brought in by a manager who's now not got time to develop yeah. them. Yeah. And there's probably more in there as well. You look at. Um, Look at Christian Pierce for an example. He's turned into a real leader and real captain. And um, you can probably say, I know it's he's more older, but it's still a footballer to some degree. Elechnik as well, because he was given the opportunity, he was given the chance to work and, and play, and that patience paid off. Sadly, he got injured. Maybe Hayden White as well before his injury had playing some of the best football of his yeah. career. And you look at the ways Flickcroft has, has coached those players and. Maybe if he was given another season, another transfer window, whilst we'd have been disappointed from a fan's perspective in terms of not being able to see them play, the bank account in being able to repay the Radfords and invest more in the club, those sort of moves and those sort of players 
may well have, have been down to the commitment and the work which was put into them on the training ground. And that's what Flickcroft did a lot of the time. He would always be on the training ground. I never once saw him not be on the training ground. Every time they were training at the ground, he was always out on the training ground. He was always one of the last to leave. Yeah, and I think that's from the first team's perspective as well, but you can delve a bit deeper as well. And I know um, you know some of the, the, the directors who are involved with the youth team um, a lot of them have also said that he's often stayed behind after training and worked with youth players and stuff like that whereas previous management didn't wouldn't even consider that never mind do it so you know you can like I say delve into it a bit further and that I don't think you can fault him for his commitment in wanting to develop individual players and I think I think those players would appreciate that so you know I think you've got to give him credit where credit's due for for that aspect of his management. Let's move on and almost draw a line under the under last season by picking out some of our favourite moments. Uh, I'm going to ask you both uh, for, for some nominations as we go along and I'll join in uh, as well. First one I'm going to, do for, going to do is the most enjoyable game. Now this can be atmosphere, it can be result, it can be performance. The most enjoyable game for you as a fan. Nathan, I'm going to come to you first. I probably enjoyed Stephen is away the most for me. It was a really, really good atmosphere the whole way through the game, even though we went 1-0 down in the first half, near the end. But we kept going no matter what. Um, and we probably played, especially away from home, probably the, one of the best games we've played, as in consistently for the 90 minutes. We played we played them off the park, so that one for me. Now, the rule is you cannot pick what somebody else has I was, picked. I was going to say the you exact same, same <laughs> way. Unbelievable. We all went to the same game, did not sit together. Well, we, we, we did, we but did. Nathan didn't. I think we definitely sat together because no, I no, drove no, 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 you no. to and from the I game. Mean, we didn't. Nathan did sat. Nathan was on the side at stand. Well, yeah. you see, there's a reason for this because me and Nathan have only ever sat together at. Well, only ever sat together at one game, but we have watched two games together. The first one was Forest Green when we got pummeled last season. We stood together on the terraces. Yeah, and the next one was I think it was Cambridge away this uh, season just gone. Yeah, uh, there has been yeah. one game. Uh, when we arrive late and we won three Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three. Um, so we don't tend to do that. Main, mainly because we mix in different circles, but also because we, we like either superstitious and we like to watch games from different angles. But also it's good for this because it means we're not having these discussions on a match day, yeah. which is great. Anyway, uh, same to you. Uh, the best mo- game in terms of atmosphere, performance, but you can't pick Stevenage. West Brom. <laughs> that was mine uh, we lost but if you'd have gone into that game completely blind not knowing English football at oh sorry carry on <laughs> why <laughs> if you went into the game not knowing about the two teams and you'd have said right pick pick the championship team yeah, we more absolutely. than matched them and I think the only thing that probably let us down was probably the fitness. Absolutely. And I think because it was so early in the season as well, we gave it absolutely everything. And maybe if that had been a month later, we'd have got that goal back. I just remember, because I was reading some of the old blogs and stuff uh, early today, and I just remember, obviously, Elesnik played that game. Very, Bish- very, very. Bishop, Bishop scored that screen. Yeah, where Elesnik came very, very, yeah. very, very uh, 
I think if it weren't for a block on the line, they'll let me could have scored. Yeah, I yeah. think it was literally just a block on Unreal. the line. Unreal. We had so many chances, didn't we? We, yeah. we should have known then that, that was it was going to be <laughs> a so Yeah, summed up. <laughs> so near yet so far. Uh, mine, I'm going to go for, whilst I agree with both of those, those games, I would have probably picked either of those. Mine, I'm going to go for a different reason. I'm going to go for extra away because we were in awful form if truth be told leading up to that we'd started losing our record we'd started losing our heads a little bit and we'd, a lot of the focus had been taken off and we needed that honesty in that moment and Flickcraft came out and said we've sat down we've spoken about why we're doing this and why we're doing that we've come together as a group and it showed on the pitch the performance was great the atmosphere was great even though it was a smaller number of fans because of the distance it was a nice day nice journey and we saw some good goals. Something we'll enjoy goal. later this season um, as well. Oh yeah, certainly will. Can I, can I slightly disagree with that one though? Yeah. The only problem is that also gave us a bit of hope again. Yeah, I know. I was going to say that. We're about to drop off. I think you know, yeah, we're not going to do this. And then that comes in. I'm like, hold on a minute, we're back. We can do this. And then, yeah. and then we die again. Yeah, you, you judge spectacularly. Yeah. You judge a team a lot on what the opposition think of you, and you think after that game, there were a lot of Exeter fans came out and honestly yeah. held their hands up and said, "That is the best team we've seen." We've yeah. had that sometimes. It's, I remember coming out of Stevenage. You know, I know I've given that example, but I remember coming out of that game and Stevenage fans said, "You know, we've just played Lincoln and we've just played MK Dons, and they were by far so superior to them." Yeah. Like, we we had that over, especially the first half. We had that over so many fans, so. Probably even more disappointed, isn't it, right? Well, <laughs> absolutely. For the majority of that, the first half of that game, they were on top. Oh, yeah. They, I think they hit the bar twice, didn't they? they hit, I know they definitely hit the bar once. And it was very much, it felt like a smash and grab, their yeah. goal. Yeah. Right at the end of half, they're thinking, right, game to half time, game to half time. Oops, it's behind us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go for the opposite now. I'm going to go for worst moment. Worst moment of the season. Again, you can't choose the same one. I'm going to go the opposite way around. I'm going to go camp first. Worst moment of the season. Try oh, and condense it. Oh, MK Don's away. Why? That's just sink. Threw it away. It's just that sinking feeling. It's like you sat in stands and you're thinking, oh my God, we, are, we can literally draw or win and we're up. And then two, we lost. Two minutes in, it's like, oh. Bang, go. See you later. No. Oh. And we never looked in it for the rest of the game. We had a few chances at tail end of the game, but just the hurt. That that was by far the longest journey home ever. Absolutely. Because we played at Exeter and yeah. had a good win, and that was great. Yeah. But we've been to Carlisle and lost, and that was awful. Absolutely. Same with Newport. Absolutely. We're never taking you and your dad again to a game. Uh, Nathan, <laughs> you're, you're worse. So not you next? Oh, no, it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Why do I? So you've con. I, I thought I'd conned you there. Um, for me, I'm going to go a few weeks before that because oh, if I'm... Don't do it. No, let me go next. Uh, I know no, what you're going to say. No, <laughs> I'm going to say it because, to be genuinely honest, that is where I felt, and I actually said this to my dad walking away, that we'd thrown it away. And it was Oldham. Oldham away, <laughs> by far, because we had no commitment, no passion, no fight, no desire at all for a large proportion of the game and we gave away cheap goals and then once again for what felt like the umpteenth time that season we had to fight back and we, sh for a team that's going for a promotion you should never have to go into a game having to fight and dig to get your way back in when you're in that top three it's live on TV everyone can see it's falling apart we get the goals back and I'm thinking great we might have a chance Danny Rose scores a legitimate goal it's not given and I walk away and thinking do you know what that sums up our season and I think 
I didn't cry after MK Dons, this is true, I didn't cry after MK Dons. I sat in silence and probably swore a lot under my breath. I cried after Oldham because that for me felt like we've worked towards everything and it's been taken away at the last minute. The game's running now and I just felt that psychologically that would kill us. And it did. Because yeah. if we'd have got that point there, it would have been enough. It would have been enough. Completely now, though, now I've stolen your game, yeah, Nathan. What are you gonna What are you gonna go for? for that. Uh, so yeah, I would have hundred percent agreed with you. MK Dons didn't hurt as much. It did hurt, but not as much for me. Um, I'm stuck between two now. Um, I, I, part of me wants to say Stevenage at home because that was our second chance after Oldham, yeah. which we then yeah. blew. Um, but I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna go. I don't really want to give them the glory, but. I'll probably have to go from Notts County away yeah. simply because again the numbers that turned up uh, as, as many times this season and uh, I don't know we should have in some way seen it coming because roles have been reversed over many years where they've been favourites uh, to, to win and we've gone and done a good job on them whereas this time we were massive favourites you know, they, well obviously they've been relegated and they were down there for pretty much all, the whole season and to be honest, you know, to put it plain and simply, an, an absolute mess of a club. Yeah, we went there. I, I did, we, did we not even register an attempt on goal or something like that? It was one of those games like that. Anyway, not, not many. And just played absolutely awful. So, And obviously, they, they weren't much better, but they got the, got the goal and that's all that mattered. So, um, for me, that's probably up there as one of the most disappointing games behind probably older than in the in the comments Craig did agree with you saying worst moment county way no passion or fight and then he says in fact my worst moment was watching my nine year old lad burst into tears when Dolan scored the winning penalty he wiped away the tears and clapped the boys off and said we'd go again put a lump in my throat and it nearly has for me reading it uh, and Rich says so it looks like away games have defined our season the best and the worst games absolutely yeah. <laughs> absolutely because none of us could really pick a home game it's always been uh, on the road I'm going to go for a different um uh, just before I do that I'll read Mark's comics I've just seen that he says my favourite was the pre-season against Derby County I was behind Frank Lampard and you can feel the heat from his rage worse for me was Notts County all the anticipation and expectation to watch us play like that it still stings what a um, contrasting season they, unreal I know it was unreal. their first pre-season game so it's like they've come back completely new manager no managerial experience yeah but we played that team off the park quite Absolutely. easily uh, Lee Angle scored come on Yes. Yes. Well, you know I'm now worried for this quiz. Uh, but anyway, um, we're not made it, might have made it too easy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll come to that in a second. I'm going to go to a, another one now, and I'm going to go to. We've had best and worst moment. Um, I'm going to go for your player of the season. Who are you going to go for, Nate? Your player of the season and your reasons for it. Player of the season. <sighs> I'm actually contrary to what I've sort of said in previous shows when we talked about who's been the best and everything like that. I'm probably going to just I'm going to go for Tyler Walker in the end because actually when you when you look at the big picture throughout the whole season, he's pretty much played every game apart from when he got a stupid sending off, idiot. Um, <laughs> you got another moment where if it had been available for those games, who knows what would have happened? Yeah, but that but this is probably coming is quite relevant to my next point. You've got to sort of remember his age as well, a young lad. Absolutely. And as you said, like. It's probably it's been his first loan move that's been a success for him, and uh, you know we were given credit to, to to Dave and the coaching staff for coaching him in the right way. But he he deserves credit as well for 
sort of um, like you said some lone players don't care but I don't think you could say that about him you know he, he did put in his effort and although he got off to a slow start and fans were on, on his back from the very beginning so he probably didn't look like he was that interested he changed the aspect of his game and he and like you said without his goals we would have been a very very different team and a lot of the time he was playing that he had all the whole weight on his shoulders, shoulders to get the goals because he didn't have any other strikers with him really apart from CJ so I think he deserves a lot of credit so I, I'm going to go for him for me, I'm going to go for Ryan Sweeney because we obviously got him on a free transfer in January, which I think, as I said before, is a shrewd bit of business. Another young man um, who had hopes of playing at a higher level, obviously with Stoke City, didn't quite work out for him. Had loan spells in, in League One, remember, before that and had that experience of a high division. Real class defender who never really played in a back three before, so had to adapt his game quite quickly. He didn't actually start, if you remember, at the very start of the season, the back three was Hayden White, Pearce and Preston. Uh, and then I think there was an injury to one of them or, or whatever. And one had to... Uh, uh, Preston got Preston concussion. got concussion, didn't he? Yeah, he was a away. away, yeah. Sweeney came in and made that left side his own. And we actually looked a lot stronger from that point onwards. And he undoubtedly con- um, you know, contributed to that best defence. And he looks a real talent. He's a good leader, a good vocal leader. Uh, family man, good, and he's really committed to the club. And, loan, and like you said earlier, with loan players, goes one or two ways. He's come and he's wanted to sign. He's had no qualms about dropping down and presumably dropping away as well. He's had to maybe move and look at look at his future a different way. And I think he'll contribute really solidly next season. So for me, I'm going to go him because he's been solid. He's chipped in with the odd goal or two. He's good from set pieces. He can play the ball on the deck, and he's got an all-round good game. I think I know who you're going to go for. I think you're going to go for the opposite age of the age, opposite end of the age spectrum. Neil Bishop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, couldn't really replace him this season. Really couldn't. And the one you'd say one off game that he's had was Carl Alloway, but you could say that was just an awful day as a whole. Working great, freezing cold, and. You could just tell you, you what, away journeys that are like really long. You're either going to go one way or the other, and it's you're either going to get smashed to pieces, or you, you're going to lift your game for the fans that have travelled. And they did lift the game, but it was just the time and everything. And obviously, we'd already lost Alejnik. Um, we brought in. I can't remember who we brought in. We brought in. Well, I'm not going to say because it might impact later. Maybe so. Oh, I don't know. We'll probably um, somebody else. But, um. Killing his quiz. You could probably say that's the only bad moment this season. He's been one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent player that we've had all season. And you're gonna, people are going to scream, like, no, no, Christian Pierce, Christian Pierce. Pierce has been very good, but. It, as with every player, he, he's human, and there has been some moments you're like, "Oh, bugger! What, what was he doing here?" Crew at home completely messed up his defending, got ball stuck under his feet, bang upfield they score. Um, Stevenage at home panicking in the defence, not not being that level-headed self that we know he is, and just panicking, getting the ball away, putting it out for a corner where usually just bring it down and, and play it on and. So, I'd say Bishop just because he's been the most consistent. 
Uh, Craig in the comments agrees with you as well. He says, player of the season, Neil Bishop. I've dropped my pen. Uh, ran his socks off in the majority of games. Uh, and ever consistent. 37 years old, thought it was a massive mistake when we signed him. Was so wrong. Uh, he also says, I partly agree with you, Craig Sweeney's been solid. And great moment when he passed his shirt to my son, who's a centre-half, and models himself on Sweeney, Pierce, and Preston. Uh, last one in terms of our votes, then I'll reveal the votes on the quote. And then we'll get into the quiz and have a little uh, look ahead to next season. We'll hear from the new Stakes manager, John Dempster and his assistant and talk about that retain list as well lots to get through in a bumper end of season uh, podcast tonight so uh, last one I'm going to start who did I start with last night I'll start with you I can. Uh, yeah. uh, so if I'll, I'll start with me uh, I'm going to go for goal of the season I've got two contenders for this um, it is but it's my show <laughs> and my house and my rules uh, so there you go our show our show to yeah, be fair uh, but <laughs> yeah that's my house <laughs> I'm driving, so, you know, it's my biscuits, uh, my sweets. Uh, also, um, the two contenders for goal of the season. Uh, Alex McDonald, when he came on as a sub, I can't remember what game it Cheltenham. was. Chel- the Cheltenham game, thank you, Cam. Um, oh. Won the ball back, ran forward. Because he'd been out for so long and scored, it was a simple goal to score, but the emotion and the unity that that seemed to give, that was a great goal. Um, the other goal for me in terms of goal of the season... In term, so that's one in terms of uh, like moment, what it meant. Uh, the other one, I think, in terms of just sheer ability and the whole like the individual effort. I think Tyler Walker's at Exeter drops his shoulder, shrugs off his man, and curls it into the top corner from from an angle. If I had to be put up against the wall by a by a, a, a shotgun and said pick one, all right. Alex McDonald's Nate. I'm going to go for one that I think probably a lot of people have forgotten. Uh, Jacob Mellis away at Lincoln. Great goal, to be fair. Great goal, taken technically fantastic. But I mean, I'm good to that. I was on holiday for it. And I'm absolutely good because I was just thinking then, like probably one of the most thrills in football is when you get one of those late goals, and we haven't really had that many this season from what I can remember. But that probably would have been one. I wasn't there for it, which is really annoying. But um, I was sat around a pool in, on holiday somewhere, Cape Verde, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was, um, Emma was just in the middle of uh, sunbathing, probably nodding off the side of me, and I just jumped up going mental. And I realised that was a, I was in a public area, so I probably shouldn't. But, um, but yeah, so... I'm you do that. a lot of things in public areas which you probably shouldn't. That's me, Bob. I've got to say. Yeah, no, it's that late goal. Are we going strictly league, or can it just no, be anything? Anything, I think I know where you're going with this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, uh, CJ Alton, oh, Accrington yeah. at home. Uh, nobody's gone for Bishop. That's why I was at West Brom. West Brom, yeah, that's was a banger. Was, yeah, that was my it's one. an absolute banger, but it, you, you say this season we've been a massive unit as a team. And I know it was early in the season. I know it wasn't fully first team players. It was a bit of a mismatched team. But against our bogey team, and yeah. to score a goal like that, no. All right, it wasn't, I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw in there then as well. If you're going to go for CJ's in that game, I'm going for Danny Rose's in that game. Yeah. All that speculation, all that, I'm going to swear, all that shit which, which, put, which everyone went through, yeah. and then for him to come on, he said he was nervous of, of, of that and everything, and then to come on and get that goal was fantastic, but some great goals. We have scored some great goals. The uh, guys that were sat behind me and you. Oh, yeah, we were in the Panto, yeah, the, the Dwarves. Yeah, yeah, the, Panto, yeah. the other ones that booed when Danny Rose came on. Oh, yeah, that? yes, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Thing to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I remember turning around and just going absolutely screaming in their face. Uh, results were in from our da- uh, favourite Dave quote. Uh, unfortunately, no zero per- percent for solidified. Get out But it doesn't matter because we can use that again next season. Solidified. <laughs> uh, death by a thousand cuts finishes on seven percent. He's a sponge. Finishes on fourteen percent, and then romping away with seventy-nine percent of the vote is galvanised. Well done to Cam on mm-hmm. that one. We'll have more interactive polls um, for you later in the show. Time now, though, to finish our final reflections on last season uh, with the return of a Craig quiz. We have a prize up for grabs, um, which is going to be revealed at the end of the quiz season um, ticket for Mansfield Town next season it's definitely not that oh. it's, it's not, that's well the let's hope guys. that I win because mine's cheaper than yours well that's it <laughs> well maybe depends how you win this is the so near yet so far end of season quiz each player will face 10 questions about the season just gone up against the clock players will score one point per correct answer and the person with the most points in the quickest time wins Players can pass, but doing so will deduct three seconds from their opponent's time. Giving an incorrect answer adds three seconds to their own time. Does that make sense? So if you pass... This is going to go wrong because it means that you've got to do maths. Yes, I know, but it's all for the entertainment. And do you know what I've also realised? I haven't actually got a coin to flip to decide who goes first. Cam's not got money in his pocket, has he? No, I haven't. No, they're going to say. Oh, uh, oh, so oh. I will go for uh, a classic game of rock, paper, scissors. Uh, so, gentlemen, to decide uh, who goes first, we'll go rock, paper, scissors, shoot. So it's one, two, three, and then show. So, ready? Yeah. There we go then. One, two, three, show. Or paper beats rock. Yeah. And would you like to that wasn't go? A rock. That was an asteroid. That would not paper. Well, I'm sure it would. Oh, uh, Cam, would you like to go first or second? Or oh, second. Nathan, would you it's like, like county shootouts all over again? Nathan, would you like set A or set B in the questions? Oh, go ahead and say some set A sorts. Sorry, you're going to set A. Fantastic. <laughs> right. I'm going to fold this bit of paper over so Cam can't see. And this is so. This is how it's going to work. Remember, you're up against the clock. Uh, you've got ten questions, and remember, a pass will add uh, three seconds, and an incorrect answer will deduct three yeah. seconds. Congratulations! Blah, 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 Thank blah. you. Well, this is called the so. Just remember, this is called the so near yet so far quiz. Just bear that in mind. Nathan, are you ready? Yep. Okay. In three, two, one. Clock started. The Stags played their first pre-season match in the UK on, the, on July the 12th, beating who 3-0? Derby. In all competitions, who started more matches, Neil Bishop or Ryan Sweeney? Neil Bishop. CJ Hamilton scored the sixth goal in the 6-1 League Cup fashion of League One Accrington Stanley, but how many passes led to the goal? Are you kidding? Um, six which academy graduate oh, made wait, their no. professional? No, which <laughs> you've answered. Which academy graduate made their professional league debut in the one-all draw at Macclesfield? Um, Lewis Gibbons. Neil Bishop picks with sheer fair share of yellow cards across the season. How many? Who? Neil Bishop, yellow cards. How many? Oh, it's um, nine. 
Bobby Lesnick suffered injury towards the back end of 2018, which former Stice Keeper was brought in on a short-term deal to provide cover. Mansfield suffered their first away defeat at Carlisle in early Jan, narrowly losing 3-2 following a brave Stags fight back, but who scored the Stags goals on Eve Bowe? Uh, CJ Hamilton, I don't know, Christian Beard. <laughs> Stag's final away win of the season came at Exeter, but which 17 year old was included on the bench following a dominant spell in the reserves? Dana Keane. In total, who kept the most clean sheets, Logan, Smith, or Lesnick? And is Grace Diva? Is Grace Diva is an anagram of which member of the 2018 19 squad? Is Grace Diva? I hate this so much. <laughs> um, God, yeah. Is Grace Diva? Uh, George Grant. And the clock has Not stopped with a time of 1 minute 45 without awful. the penalties. Cam, how many Where's of those would you have... We'll go through the answers later. Cam, how many of those would you have got whilst I work this out? Uh, Looking away, because otherwise I'll see the answers. Um, so there's no uh, there's no deductions from Cam's time because he didn't pass it. It's just additions to yours. So I've got to add. I think I could have got quite a few that Nathan didn't get. Yeah, there was a lot there. I just didn't have a clue, so he just gases. That wasn't very good. I probably only got one right. <laughs> So got a few. I think I said 16 for the passers when I, as soon as after I realised. No, 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 Nathan, your time, including penalties, you got four correct in exactly two minutes. Okay. Cam, it is your turn. So to win, maybe you have got to score four in either less in under two minutes or five in no matter what time. Are you ready for your questions? You yes. ready? Yeah. Okay, your time starts in three, two, one. The Stags recorded a good victory over Frank Lampard's derby in pre-season, but who scored all of the Stags' goals in all three? Uh, CJ, John Graham, the angle. In all competitions, who started more games? CJ Hamilton or Tyler Walker? Tyler Walker. Danny Rose uh, put right the wrongs following a tra- following transfer gate with a goal from the bench in the drubbing over Accrington. How many seconds did it take him? Uh, 35. Mansfield bowed out of the League Cup at West Brom, but who scored a tremendous goal to set up a tense finish? Yeah, they should. Three Stags players made it into the top 25 for players booked in Skybet League 2 matches, but who were they? I need all three. Uh, Christian Pearce, uh, Neil Bishop, Ryan Ben Turner joined on a free transfer after leaving which club? Um, Another momentous turnaround was at Colchester when the Stags were 2-0 down at half-time. Who scored the three Stags goals to claim the points? Again, I need all three. CJ, Tyler, Jose. Mansfield enjoys the, a decent-ish checker trade trophy one, but who scored the winner against Scunthorpe in the group stages to ensure the Stags topped the group and avoided a bonus point penalty shootout battle? Tell me in total, who scored more goals, Tyler Walker on his own or the combined efforts of Danny Rose, Timmy Elshnick, George Grant and CJ Hamilton? Tyler Walker. Sad leaving, sad leaving is an anagram of which classic buzzword, ironically never to be used again? Damn. Stop the clock. <laughs> Nathan, how many do you think you would have got out of there? I think I might have done a bit better than what I did on mine, but <laughs> probably not as many as Cam anyway, so... 
Uh, that is oh, yeah, six yeah, correct yeah. in mm. one minute forty-two. Smashed it. So incorrect answers. <sighs> Nathan's first. First pre-season match in uh, on July twelfth in the UK was Bradford Park Avenue. I remember that far back. Uh, CJ uh, was twenty-six passes. Neil Bishop twelve yellow cards. Uh, oh. Goal scorers at Carlisle were Preston and Walker. Uh, Stag's final away win was Jimmy Knowles, the 17 year old. Oh, and uh, is Grace Diva. Cam? Is Grace Diva? Someone with D- I can't think of a D, it's bugging me. It's Craig Davis. Oh. Cam, yours were. In all competitions, who started more games, Hamilton or Walker? Hamilton started 52, Walker started 48. Uh, if you had to get suspended. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Danny Rose put right the wrongs following transfer gate. How many seconds you said? Nathan, what would you have said? I don't know. Three stakes players in the top 25 players booked Sweeney, Preston, and Bishop. Uh, and in total, who scored more goals? Tyler Walker on his own or the combined efforts? Of Danny Rose, Timmy Oshnick, George Grant, and CJ Hamilton. There was oh, one goal in it. It was the yeah. combination. And that's thanks to Oshnick. That <laughs> is thanks to Oshnick. The combination scored 27. Rose got five. Oshnick and Grant both got four apiece. And Hamilton got 14, making 27. Walker got 26. So I have done that. On a what, what, what can you tell from that entire quiz? Bring back Timmy Oshnick. Bring back <laughs> Timmy Oshnick, indeed. Well, Cam, you scored six with a time of one minute 42, so you got the most correct in the quickest time. Nathan, you scored four in two minutes exactly, including penalties. But Cam, what is the name of this quiz? Uh, let's get quizzical. No. Uh, no, I was going for a blast from the past there. What is the name of this quiz? And what are my quizzes famed for? Oh... Like double or nothing rounds at summer, I don't know. No, my quizzes are, are, are famed for never playing by the rules. Oh, uh, yeah, true. What is the name of this quiz? Nathan, can you remember the name of this quiz? Can, yeah. Go on, I what's the name? I what? might get one word wrong there. Go on. So far, yet so near. Yeah, all the way around. Close it's enough. called the oh. So Near Yet So Far End of Season Quiz. Cam, you were so near, yet so far from being the winner. Because you have the winner, because you did get the most, you won. And if Stags would have won or drawn at MK Dons, what would have happened? We'd have up. We'd have got up. But we were so near yet. So far. Therefore, Nathan's the winner. Nathan. Yeah, my God, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Nathan, you're. I, I, I like the pity. Anyway, Nathan, Nathan your <laughs> prize. You can either have a packet of unopened co op American Hargums, other sweets are available, an uh, unopened packet of original proper McVitie's Jaffa cakes, or a signed Mansfield Town football. Which one would you want to go for? Oh God, let's, let's, let's open up the Jaffa Cakes for all of us right now. Let's do that indeed. I will do that in, in just a second. Whilst we do that and whilst we take a little break from talking, it's time to look ahead to next season. Thank you very much uh, for all your comments on last season and for bearing with us whilst we had a little bit of end of season fun just for us. Now, the retain list has been released this week. Any surprises for you on who were released? Because when a lot of people have said in the comments, to be fair... We expected more people to be either transfer listed or, or whatever. Any surprises? My my surprise is the fact that you just said there I expect it to be a lot worse. 
So um, it's made me feel a bit more settled after the whole announcement, you know, of uh, you know the managerial decisions and stuff like that. It's made me feel a bit better. Still a little bit, you know, anything still could happen. You know, we, although they haven't necessarily said who is transfer listed, they don't. Clubs don't always say who are transfer listed, so they could be behind the scenes and players still may leave. And but but from what uh, you know from the retainers and from what's been said in press. Credit again to our chairman, although we did doubt them a little bit last week. Hold my hands up, say that. It does look like they are backing us still to uh, compete and, and backing John Dempster, which is what he needs. So if it, if that is the way it's going to be and we are going to keep a lot of these players and make make five additions, as he said, uh, well, up to five, then we could be in for another good season next year. Absolutely. Well, it's time now for the first time ever on the Mansfield Matters podcast to hear from the Mansfield Town Manager. Let's hear from John Dempster as he reflects on that retain list and putting his squad together for next season. A lot of those players were attached to the former manager uh, and there was a lot of disappointment from the way the, the season finished. But after... You know, having the actual discussion, every player left with a really positive mindset. Um, I asked them to go away and enjoy their break, um, complete the off-season programme that they've got uh, and come back with, like I say, a really positive vibe and looking forward to pre-season and the season ahead. The biggest thing that stood out to me was the way the players spoke about the football club. Um, it's it's a place where they enjoy working. It's an, It's a place where... They're grateful to be um, and generally across the board, even the players that aren't going to be here next season had positive words to say about the whole football club. So um, I think that says a lot. This isn't a rebuild. Um, I'll make subtle tweaks along the way. We've got a good nucleus, a good squad, um, some real quality in um, particular areas and I'll look to add to that to improve. Like I don't want to harp on about the disappointment because we're moving forward now. I'm lucky to inherit such a good squad. I'm lucky to be at this football club with the support I've got uh, and I'm really confident I can move things forward. Mansfield Town Manager John Dempster still feels weird saying that. Speaking to I Follow Stags uh, earlier this week talking about the retained players and things like that. Will Atkinson was the one who uh, departed along with two other youth players, some other academy players have been released from their academy contracts today as well and we wish everyone who's departed all the best but the nucleus of the squad has been kept um, and I think that's backed up by John Dempster's comments of this isn't a rebuild it's not a asset strip and start again as, as we probably all feared to be fair this time last week when uh, when the appointment was made 24 hours after the appointment was made oh definitely you think you get a lot of comments over the last week and when it happened initially it's like what are we doing he's got no experience as a first team manager but when does that ever matter in football it's the, it's the weird ones that always surprise you just for example that Frank Lampard situation we're in the beginning of the season no one expected Lampard to be able to go out and do this with Derby and that was his first managerial job so and now he's, he's the best manager in the championship and he inherited a squad but built on it so why can't John do the same the, the youth team have played some absolutely unbelievable football this season and we were fortunate me and Craig were fortunate enough to go up on the first day of the RH back in God yeah August September I just remember it being bloody freezing yeah very windy up there yeah. But, um, 
and the football they played was fantastic. And if they can play, if you can translate that from youth football into first team football, then we really should be looking forward to next season. I would get into conversations about formations and different styles of play, but that's a different podcast for a different time uh, after pre-season. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the, the squad, Nate. Is there anyone who you're really surprised that he, he kept, given the, the comments and the things like that about keeping next players? Is there anyone who you think I was you're surprised not to see has moved on? I'm surprised to see Omari Sterling James on there. Yeah, still, still a part of the club because we we haven't seen anything of him, have we, at all? So um, that that did come as a bit of a surprise. But a lot of people probably thought Conrad would be gone after this year because, and I mean, he'd be, he'd be brilliant towards the end of the season. So maybe that's what's earned him his contract or whatever. But I, but apart aside from that, I thought him personally might have wanted to leave because I think Alejandro's probably still number one. So. But end of the day, no, um, you know, like there's no other massive surprises for me there. It's it's good news as far as I'm con- uh, concerned, and I probably even might have been tempted to keep Atkinson. But then you don't know who that could have been his decision to move on. So yeah, we don't absolutely. know, you know, why why he's left. You know, people have their own lives and families and everything. So you know, you, you can't look into that too much. But um, no, I, like I said, I, it wasn't what I expected. But it was a pleasant, it was a very, very pleasant surprise to, to read that retain list. Absolutely. And I think another thing in there, Cam, as well, is, is the fact that last season when the retain list came out and the Flipcroft, having been in the job a short amount of time, there were X number of players who were placed on the transfer list, which suggested that he didn't want them at the club and that he wanted to, to get rid. That hasn't happened at all this time. There are no players, as far as we as supporters know, that are on the transfer list and therefore available for other clubs to bid for. It is very much keeping everything together and just making those sort of tweaks to it well, massively and I think the only shock for me was that we've kept Conrad and I can honestly say that and also as well that's, that's not a new negotiation that's that's the only one on that list as well where the club have exercised the right to retain him yeah. and, and I'm going to throw myself under the bus here I can honestly say that Logan's probably had two games this season where he's been like a decent keeper. I can't really say that he's pulled up any trees. I can't say we've. I'd, had... I'd give him the last five games. Yeah, last, last, last five, five games then. Before all, that, all I'd other, agree. Than, <laughs> other than that, it's. <laughs> I think we'd have probably been better keeping Jake Keane. No. <laughs> it's just. I think it's more Logan's style of play that just didn't seem to fit what we were playing for most of the season. Well, again, you've mentioned the words their style of play because. Undoubtedly, I think next season I don't think you'll see us playing three four one two. No, we won't. We'll go back to a traditional four four two, and again, the change in style will will suit different keepers. Maybe Dempster will want to play long and and not play out from the back. It will be a different way, and it will be another opportunity for that keeper, whoever it is, to come in. Don't forget as well. I know Dempster's talked about potential signs. He wants to look at in particular wide players, which again suggests a four four two using wingers and more, more strength up front Bobby Oleshnik won't be back fit for the start of the season mm-hmm. so you either are playing Logan but even if you are playing Logan you need in my view you do need a backup so yeah. there, could, there is potential Fair. there mm-hmm. for a third choice keeper and I don't I think looking at the um, 
the, the, the retain list from the academy today, there's not a keeper which is coming up through the academy who's ready to step in and, and sit on the bench because the only one who's been there is Sam Wilson. He's been released and he's now a coach. So it's an interesting area there, isn't it? It's a really interesting area. Uh, other comments from, from John Dempster, other jobs for him to do was to appoint backroom staff and there's been a lot of wild rumours this week on social media about uh, who he would bring back and I'm looking at one man over your shoulder Nate, who, uh, two men over your shoulder your other shoulder uh, who have uh, been no uh, not really uh, who have been heavily linked with roles in some way shape or form in Paul Cox and, uh, and Adam Murray I'm just saying um, does, um, does Lee look very much like Paul Cox right from a distance in well, the sun, the opposite of just like I was winding you up. Of course, I was winding you up. Uh, but to be fair, people—it's not just me that said that. People on social media said, "Oh, we've seen Paul Cox at the ground, seen him at the club shop, and all this." And Paul it's, Cox has sat behind me for most at tail end at seat. Honestly, I have been to seven or eight games this season, not sat in my season tickets, but I've sat out at way because I've sat with a friend. You've got friends other than us. Shut wow. up. Wow. Shut up. Shut up. Moving on. More shocking than his next statement, I think. And so. Paul Cox has been sat on the same row or behind, and it's like, obviously, he still feels something towards the club, because otherwise, why would he come watch? Well, I think we knew that anyway from Legends, Legends Live, didn't we? Right. We, we if you want to watch that, by the way, <laughs> mtfcmatters.co.uk. Carry on. Well, that was my point. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm that's what that. he's getting for. I was going to say that. If you're going to do it yourself, then whatever. But <laughs> so I'm doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, um, yeah, like, so yes, there's obviously a lot of speculation online, as there is with everything. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, I probably was a little bit worried, and that's no disrespect to to, to Cox. Um, and like I said, I think Maguire's name was actually banded around a little bit by people as well. And I think I sort of knew... When uh, Dempster came out and said that he, he, he needs someone a bit more, he's looking for someone a bit more experienced alongside him. So that's not going to be probably Murray or Cox. I, I, it's probably Cox. I know Cox has managed, but not th- that experience at this level. So in regards to that, I'm, I'm pretty happy with uh, with Glover coming in. I think that's. I don't know much of him, but looking at his track record, some experience in there, but most of it is above and. The, probably the biggest question mark I was going to have about Dempster is what contacts he's going to have in the game of bringing Absolutely. the sort of calibre of players that we need for a, for a promotion pushing League 2 side so, I think I think that League Lover could be the, the pivotal thing for us this season obviously he's fallen forest he's been around a long time um, obviously got a good relationship with Grant McCann at, uh, at Doncaster and obviously, he was what was he? he was like technical analyst or or something. He's had numerous jobs. I think that's what that's what ticks well. He's, he's been a coach. He's been an academy coach. He's been an uh, analyst. He's been a scout. The yeah. one that stands out for me the most is being an analyst. Correct, because he'll see the game from a different point of view. He's sat up in the stands, watched them play. He's not been in that pressure of the touchline. Correct. It's, it's a very shrewd appointment, and I think. The only thing that worries me is that Dempster doesn't seem to have a, a massive working relationship with him. He, say, he says, well, we're going to hear what he says in a minute, but the, the paths have crossed in, in different walks at some point, especially when he was with uh, Derby, that sort of thing. But assistants and, you know, managers and assistants have got that history. Sometimes it's if you become a 
for, well, for example, Frank Lampard, Derby, took his old Chelsea coach with him in, in Jody Morris. Yeah. Um, Steve Evans, Paul Rennie worked with him numerous times. Um, David Flickcroft, Ben Futcher. Um, and the, those relationships, they, they develop over time and that you do tend to move as a management team. And I think that's why a lot of people, not necessarily feared, but expected Maguire, Cooper, Cox, Murray to come into some sort of role, which they still could do. Um, within the first team fold um, but more as assistant manager so to bring somebody in from outside that opposites attract sort of thing yeah. sort of tandem working method could actually be the most shrewd move uh, made uh, in the closed season but only time will tell can we just get something out there obviously we've lost obviously manager assistant manager coach analyst goalkeeping coach goalkeeping coach that's, not, that's a big one for me Bring back the beast. Mm. <laughs> Obviously, he's at Bury. Things are going a little bit pear-shaped there. Might have got promotion, but it's it, it's going tits up. And who wanted the better phrase? Yeah, uh, was, it, was it Jay O'Shea or Danny Mayer? One of the standout players for Bury came out and said they've not let the off-field issues affect them on the field. And it's fantastic they've done that. But obviously, now it's closed season. It's like. Well, they're all on Twitter, aren't they? And yeah. all what, into the what do you do now? You're a player or a coach or whatever, and you've not been paid for so a set amount of time. There is only so it much like Ryan Lowe is going as well. They so. are human beings, aren't they? Yeah, the human beings. So it's an interesting one. Obviously, there. they'll be contracted. But do you think it's worth maybe approaching someone like that? And like, if things don't work out, then would you consider it? So obviously, we've got a bit of time to plan ahead so we don't go to Portugal till what June Tell first, week of June. June. first week of June first week of June yeah it's definitely not June because yeah. I'm away in June so <laughs> yeah July so we've obviously got time to build so it's not n necessary that we get someone in immediately we can weigh up those options and obviously we can see who's available as and when and because obviously the season's not finished essentially because there's still quite a bit to Obviously, the playoffs and situations could change for players and 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 coaching staff, especially in this division. It's like someone like James Norwood's out of contract in summer. A massive change for him's coming because he ain't going to be playing League Two or League One football next season. Absolutely. Well, let's hear on why that appointment was made. Let's hear from both John Dempster and Lee Glover on uh, the appointment of the latter as the new Mansfield Town assistant manager. They were speaking earlier this week to I Follow Stags. He's a pro-licensed coach, so there's not a higher accolade in terms of the coaching world. He's leaving Doncaster to join us, where he's been key in their recruitment, scouting opposition, so his knowledge of League One and League Two is very good and it's current. He's also somebody that's senior to me that won't always say yes, I'll be able to bounce ideas off him, but he's his own man. That was important to me. And he's also got a history of producing players that are now going on to play in the Championship and Premier League when he was working with the under-23s at Derby under Steve McLaren. So a real positive appointment by the football club. appreciate the football club backing me because he was my number one target um, and he's going to be key to how this project continues. Coming around looking at the facilities and meeting people, you know, it's a very positive vibe around the building and something, you know, I want to be part of and try and help. I just thought this opportunity was too good to pass up. 
Um, I had a couple of opportunities during the season last season which I just didn't think were right and I was happy with what I was doing at uh, Doncaster. But this one, uh, working with John and with the ambition of the club, I thought we well, you know this is the right time to give it a go. You know, I've come from a, a family where we want to work hard. At every club I've been at, there's been successful. People put a lot in and in staff especially. The staff, um, you know, if you've not got a midweek game, out watching games, out watching other players, trying to improve the club. State manager John Dempster and his new assistant manager Lee Glover both speaking there as they reflect on the appointment of Lee Glover as the assistant. The backroom team is being built. I'll tell you what isn't being built. Our conversation. Why? Because we were caught so off guard by oh, that. Oh, well, yeah, we always so, do that. We get built up and so used to these long drawn out interviews yeah. with Dave. Let's be honest, I've had to clip about four answers together there to get, to get a bit of audio. Bring back Flickcroft or, or learn to speak longer. Uh, no. um, getting that backroom staff and that coaching staff is absolutely imperative, isn't it, Nate? But there's absolutely no need to rush it and, say, make appointments tomorrow. These have got to be methodical worked out because they've got to work together and pull together for the, for the football club. It cannot be a job for the sake of a job. Yeah, and no, um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, I think we've probably got the most, the two most important roles filled, as in at the time, because obviously the, the, the it starts the next season starts now for those two, as in for management and the, the people behind the scenes, across recruitment and things like that. So those two roles are filled in now, and I'd much rather see that happen. If Flickcroft is going to go, I'd rather it be now than a couple of games into the season. So um, that is the most important thing for me. Like I say, the rest now, yes, they are important roles, but the players aren't here. So you know, they're, they're, they're having their, pre their, their season break. So there wouldn't actually be that much. You're not, not going to be working with the players we, you know, day in, day out like they would be when the season starts again. So they've got time to um, go and get the right person that will fit in with what they want to build. So um, absolutely no rush. And uh, you know, take the time with it. Five or six, I think he said three or five players that he wanted to bring in mm -hmm. during the transfer window when that opened, whether they're free agents or, or purchased. Lots of comments were made about will he have the budget or not. It seems like he will have the, the budget to be backed. Therefore, as we were sort of saying last, last week, if David Flickcroft has been sacked for not delivering automatic promotion. John Dempster will have exactly the same remit to deliver automatic promotion. The budget will be put in place to go and do that. How important is it now that the recruitment is right? Because we've seen the recruitment go wrong in January and we brought in a specialist in order to do that. How important is it now that John Dempster identifies the players which he wants and that will fit into his system but will also last the course of the season and work in a plan B and come in and be able to affect what is actually on paper a really good nucleus of a squad because you've taken away the lone, the lone players they've gone back now Jose's gone there's no George Grant anymore no Gethin Jones uh, no Smith uh, I've missed one out I think uh, was it five in the end? Walker um, and obviously Tyler Walker <laughs> who's an exception to the rule because the four that I mentioned previously didn't really commit replacing Tyler Walker is going to be a massive issue I would love him to come back for this for the stag to the stags but let's be realistic he as an individual might have loved the club but the manager that made him love the club is no longer there he will want to progress his career if not at Forest then at League One 
Wayne Knight in League One. So that is a, a big, big thing to replace. Yeah. But well, then, I, would yeah. I can't yeah. remember who I said it to, but I, I literally said, I bet you any money Tyler Walker will rock up at Lincoln. Oh, of course. I think, I think so as well. Yeah. It'd be something like that. But I'm just going to go to a thing that I showed Craig in the break. And it was, a, it was an interview for Mick McCarthy, who's now a Republic of Ireland manager. And obviously, he got sacked by Ipswich during the season, basically saying, oh, we want to change in direction. What did Ipswich do? Get relegated. How important is it that we've got a manager in now who's got a whole summer to build rather than maybe a few hours or days? But the thing with that is he doesn't have to build as much. He doesn't exactly. Have, he's, not going, he's not gone to a field with... Uh, some builders and said right build me an housing estate it's, it's like he's brought an auction he's got to do it up a little bit and then make it better the 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 way around it is it, it's it's different I'm trying to think how to word it it's like most managers go and new managers come in and absolutely want to rebuild everything from the ground upwards from the foundation upwards so we yeah, don't have to do that anymore do we Nate we've got a man who's come through the club and let's face it he's been at the club years now he's, yeah. he's been there from the conference as a, as a player got us promoted played in the league with us helped us stay up then went into the academy has developed that he's, he's now just took that step up that natural step up which we knew he would at some point but we perhaps didn't think it was now but the point is he's not coming in as a rookie manager thinking bloody hell I've got to go and buy 20 players and build a squad and build from there yeah and he's not coming in also thinking right I want to put my own my own stamp on it. This is my opportunity. I want to do everything my way. Correct. So I'm going to get rid of all these players. I'm going to bring in the players I want. Well, you know, and, and doing that way, you know, we, you know, some managers do have that style. They want it's like their way or no way. But I think what 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 I like about it, as like I said, what's made me feel a lot more settled since the retain list has been released is, it's in some ways we're looking at, at like say you look at the season as a whole, which obviously we've just done for the first half of the show and. If you look at anything, what would have we needed to just finish that job off? And I think we'd probably all say the same thing. It was probably four or five different players, additional players, not loan players, four or five additions in the areas that where we really struggled. And to me, look at the retain list, that's, that's what he's going to be aiming for. The job for him now is obviously finding that right player, which it's not just his problem. Every every team in yeah. the league has got the same problem Absolutely. so that's a challenge in itself and then it comes down to again the same with every team is how they then go out and prepare for the games and ta- you know, tactics and all that sort of stuff which is obviously then his job so you know, I, say that I think they're doing the right thing by just not, not demolishing the team when it, was, it wasn't completely broken there was aspects of it that weren't right so why, why completely break it down that's not necessary Go and get out the players that that you need to strengthen, and and then it's over to the new season, new start, new fresh approach, and that's his opportunity to then put his spin on it with his mindset and tactics. Final question from you guys who have been commenting tonight, and final question from you guys this series comes from Jamie. Do you think John Dempster will use the new training ground? Now, obviously, the training ground was a massive debate in talking point for us last season David Flickcroft went up there wanted to use it as a first team training base which it wasn't initially intended uh, to be the grass pitchers weren't ready it cost us in certain moments 
and then there was friction from there on in because Flitcroft then withdrew the players from there and spent funds going to train elsewhere. Um, Dempster has been using that training facility uh, in, in, in ever since it's been available to use for the for the academy players. Do I think he'll use it? Absolutely. But that's not saying that Flitcroft wouldn't have used it because it will be ready for the new season. There, if you go up there now, there are diggers, there are tractors, there are ground maintenance people that are absolutely working their absolute backsides off to get a proper, fully functioning training facility which isn't just a farmer's field with some lines painted and some nets stuck on. Yeah. The work is being put in there. Do I think John Dempster will use it? Absolutely I think he'll use it. I think. Um, There'll be modifications to it in certain certain ways. The under twenty ones will use it as well, and the partnership with Brooksby will continue as well for the younger groups. Will he use it? Yes. But would Flickcroft or any other manager have used it? Yes. Yeah. If it's ready. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, what I'm getting, at, I don't think you can say we're using it because it's dumpster. We're using it because it's ready. Is the, is well, the why point. wouldn't you use it? Correct. That's 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 the, you flip on his head. You, John Radford's. Um, and the other directors have ploughed a lot of money into that project. We've used it, for, you know, sparingly as our advantage against other teams to get players to come to us to show them that we've got these great facilities. Why, why on earth would you not use it? The only reason why we haven't used it this season is because it, it just wasn't ready. We went, we Rush. went too soon. So whoever's fault that is, it doesn't matter now. It's, it's nothing we could do about that. But as long as we don't make the same mistake again, we go when it is ready. And, when, and, and that time only and then you can get start reaping the rewards from it you certainly can well that's just about it for the Mansfield Matters series 2 of the Mansfield Matters podcast is just about over quite, quite, one, one more thing go on the poll no I'm not doing that you're not doing it no interesting no pointless is, I'll tell you after um, <laughs> So yeah, that's almost it for the end of Series 2. Now, it's been a bit of a weird one this series because I don't think any of us could have envisaged being sat here reflecting on a managerial change after finishing fourth, after arguably one of the best seasons to watch. But here we are. Mansfield Town, watching Mansfield Town is an absolutely crazy world, isn't it? It really is. Final question to the both of you. I'll start with you, Cam. What do you take away from the 2018-19 campaign? When you look back in years to come, when you're old and grey and drooling, so not too far away, just need a grey hair, uh, what will you look back on? What what will you be your reflections of this campaign? Um, team spirit. No, we've not always got the results, but we've always, majority of the time, we've tried. So Carlisle away, we were down to 10 men. We still tried. Um, Stevenage away. We, we were 1-0 down. We turned it around in second half just by sheer willpower because the players wanted it. Uh, Colchester away, another one. Um, Exeter away, another one where we've dug in as a team and, and got there. Uh, Accrington at home, team game, absolutely. Uh, Northampton at home, another team game. Played absolutely unbelievable. Hashtag bring back Elshney. <laughs> Definitely, um, and even even when they it's not gone our way, so Newport at home, second leg, the players still obviously they're still human. It's going to hurt, and and they and they stood there. They were obviously 
emotional, upset, tears in their eyes of some of them, and but they got themselves together, hugged it out, applauded the fans as they went off, and hopefully they enjoy the summer, come back stronger, and still have that team mentality of being being together. Nath, what will you take away from this campaign, bar from a load of quotes? Which Fine. we need to put on a range of t-shirts. We've, we've, we've frankly missed out on a, on a payday, haven't we, really? Yeah, well, it's good job we didn't do it, because uh, we'd have actually backfired. been a very bad investment in the end, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's uh, why I never succeed in business. Just <laughs> saying, John Dempster stuff, now available. Right, stop plugging your... Right, if I'm not getting a cut, stop plugging your products, Nathan. Still looking for blind players as well, for blind man, blind, blind FC. Anyway, no. Football um, in the community, by the way, next, <laughs> next week. It is May half term, so get the little ones on. All the details you need are on the football and community page. Got we can dog. all play that game. Got no! Stop it! Stop it! Stop! <laughs> anyway. Reflection on this season. Um, for me, it's, it's fine margins. Fine, fine <laughs> margins. Um, like Cam said, the team spirit was there, and I, I still like the fact that throughout the whole season, I don't think we've ever done this before, in the league anyway, we haven't lost a game by more than one goal Correct. in the game that we have lost. So oh, yeah. that, to me, says a lot says a lot about our team spirit and how we fought in games. We never just lie down and, and be beat. But for me, the fine margins aspect of it is, it's going to sound a bit weird to compare it like this, but when you look at certain, I, I like a lot of documentaries, I watch a lot like a plane air crash investigation and disasters and things That's like that. And there's, there's never one thing in particular, that causes something to go horribly wrong. It's normally a combination of three or four different things. And I think that's what's happened this season with us. It was going all well and we were playing sailing, flying high, but January came around, injuries hit, recruitment came, wasn't done right, training ground wasn't ready, affected things clearly, pressure came in, didn't deal with it. For me, that's four things that massively affected... Mansfield Town Football Club towards you know that second half of the season, which to me ultimately led to the disaster of us dropping into the playoffs and not finishing the job. So for me, that's what I mean by by fine margins. It's been an interesting campaign. We go into the next one with a new manager at the helm, new assistant, new backroom staff, and pretty much the same bunch of players with three or four additions here or there. It'll be interesting to follow that journey. But my final thoughts on the journey of the last campaign, first and foremost. A massive thank you to David Flickcroft and his staff who are now no longer with the club. I can honestly say from a personal level that any time that I've dealt with Flickcroft he's been really nice and a really good genuine guy to talk to and I think we will miss having someone um, like him at the club. I'm sure Dempster will do a sterling job and he will get my full support but I will miss having him around. I just think had he had a little bit more experienced support we may have been able to do something. And like Nathan said, those three or four contributing factors which crashed the plane, uh, maybe would have, we would have floated in the sky if, uh, if they hadn't have happened. Um, in terms of the football, there's been some moments where I've wanted to rip my hair out, scream, punch, swear and cry at how bad it's been when things haven't been going our way, especially in the last couple of months of the season. But as a whole... I can honestly say I've had some of the most enjoyable moments as a Stags fan over the last season as well. The game against Accrington at home, the football we played was delightful. Um, some of the stuff we've played... Do you know what? We moan sometimes about having to win, come from behind to win games. But do you know what? As a fan, it's great to, to, to watch those and see, as Cam said, that fighting spirit. That's been great to know that my team represents fight and spirit and the want and togetherness to 
and the desire to go and achieve something is great to aspire to and I've really enjoyed uh, that journey. So thank you to Flitcroft and his team for delivering that on the pitch and good luck with whatever you do in your future. Good luck to John Dempster and his backroom team and the players for next season as well. Will we be following the journey for Series 3 of the Mansfield Matters podcast? That is a great question and there's only one answer, isn't there? What's your answer, Nath? Of course we will be. Nath, uh, Cam, what's your answer? Ish. Ish? Ish. Probably. 100%. Do you know why? Because Mansfield always matters. Whether we're bottom of the league, whether we're riding high at the top or whether we're upping and bitting and bobbing in mid-table, it will never matter. We will always be here to do this show. And the reason we do this show is because of you guys watching at home, you guys commenting in the comments on the live feed, and you guys as well, who we don't get to interact with as much because you listen to the podcast. We appreciate every single click, every single like, share, comment, or whatever. I know as individuals, we've all had people coming up and said we really enjoy the show, and that's a great thing to hear. And that is why we continue to do it week in, week out, and we'll always continue to do so. Um, there will be some additional months for Matters content in the summer. As to what that will be, you'll have to stay tuned because of what's happened in the last couple of weeks. We haven't had the time to sit and plan that like we did last year. Will there be another Legends Live? I am working absolutely really hard to try and make that happen. Please, throughout the closed season, stay tuned to our website and our social medias, mtfcmatters.co.uk, facebook.com forward slash mtfcmatters, and it's the same on Twitter twitter.com forward slash mtfc matters follow us on social media you can follow us guys as well and keep with mansfield matters and stay tuned to what we do uh, so thank you to everyone who's listened and watched finally um, there is one person who's not with us tonight and who hasn't been with us for the majority of the season because his life has changed absolutely dramatically uh, this year because he's become a father to twin boys earlier than what he expected um, congratulations Simon, you are still very much part of the Mansfield Matters brand and we hope to see you again at point next season. Thank you to you, thank you to Nathan and to Cam. Cam, you have taken some horrible stick over the course of this season, um, mainly because you come wearing suits like you've been in court and you're the youngest. And but it's and Mansfield yeah. Town and... Yeah. Working for Mansfield Town Personalised Gifts. Yeah. Awesome. If you did like that... Look, look, just, 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 just look. I, I will put this back. I feel you have, you contribute really well to this podcast. and We had a little bit of fun earlier. You didn't win the Jaffa Cakes. Uh, but I want you to have this. Oh, thank you. Signed Mansfield Town Football. Um, well, it's not a Mansfield Town Football, but it's a signed football by the Mansfield Town Squad, the class of 2018-19. It is genuine-ish. Um, <laughs> so... That is yours to keep. Nathan, you have biscuits and you've got my truth, mate. You've got my friendship for life, so you don't need anything else. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> Cheers for that. And this is, this is what makes the podcast great. Uh, boys, thank you very much for your involvement. Guys, stay tuned for more Mansfield Matters content. The 2018 19 campaign is over. Baby Flickcroft reign at the stakes is over. We are galvanised no more. John Dempster takes the reins and will lead us into the Skybet League 2 campaign for 2019-2020. We will be following the journey every single step of the way. Why? Because Mansfield matters. I don't want to harp on about the disappointment because we're moving forward now. 
I'm lucky to inherit such a good squad. I'm lucky to be at this football club with the support I've got and I'm really confident I can move things forward. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.